interested uh, than ever before in, in these midterm elections. And yet there doesn't seem to be, if you if you believe these numbers, the biggest gap seems to be in voter enthusiasm with Republicans, uh, a lot more enthusiastic about getting out to vote than Democrats. Why? I think that uh, the reason we're seeing that is because, again, Miss some of us, I started to say many, but not many. Some of us have been saying to the Democrats, you've got to talk about uncomfortable things that are really concerning and that are very important to the base of voters that you want to come out with, uh, come out and vote. So yes, we've got to talk about voting rights. We have to talk about democracy, but we also have to deal with crime. Victims. I had people in churches in Atlanta yesterday say to me, I'm so glad that you have a balanced message here because I'm afraid of both. And I think that a lot of Democrats are, are, are in the leadership are listening to a noise factor of saying, don't do this, don't do that, rather than listening to the voters. When you see a gap like that in enthusiasm, when you have so much at risk, then you have to stop and say that our messaging is off and you've got to start talking to the people uh, that you want to lead. You can't lead people that you never talk to and understand what they need leadership for. We have to see what happens in the midterms. Do Democrats lose one or both houses of Congress? What sort of investigations will the Republicans run, particularly around Hunter Biden, which, of course, is something the president is very sensitive about? And then there's the Donald Trump factor, because at the end of the day, people close to the president tell me on a near daily basis, if Donald Trump is running for president again, almost certainly Joe Biden is, too, because he feels like he's the one man who could beat him before in 2020. He's the one man who could beat him again. And he is the one person, Biden, who thinks that he would all that stands between Trump and if had a Trump presidency, which would be a true threat, threat to our democracy. Monday, 24 October, the year of our Lord, 2022. Steve Cortez, give me your assessment of <coughs> Al Sharpton. The, the reverend. <laughs> well, listen, he clearly does not understand what is about to hit. And, and none of them do, for that matter. Uh, or if they do understand, they're pretending otherwise. Uh, it's not just going to be a red wave. It's going to be an actual romp. We are retaking our republic. We were losing our republic to the oligarchs. Um, and in many ways, uh, it has become an, an, a dangerous situation where this is a fulcrum election. You know, you've said many times, and I concur, that it's the most significant election in over 100 years, not just in our lifetime, the most significant midterm election probably since the middle of the Civil War in 1862. But the great news is, we have the correct issues. We have the policies correct on our side. We have patriotic populist solutions, a combination of cultural conservatism along with economic populist nationalism. So we have the right policy prescription. And just as importantly, we have the right candidates. We have an incredible, impressive crop of outsiders and fighters, people who are going to be elected not just to join the, the uniparty with an R after their name, but to be actual disruptors in the mold of Donald Trump on Capitol Hill. And in doing so, we're going to start saving this nation. I have been saying for many months, and I stand by it, the two eyes are what matter most. It is inflation and immigration. I know we're going to get into this today. I'm at, at a new eye. I might say it's the three eyes and the new one being injections, specifically injections for children, compulsory vaccine. The CDC, I think, opened up an entirely new issue. Uh, that's going to further broaden our coalition. So it may be the three eyes now of inflation, immigration, and it injections is, okay. for children. So the, the issue the, set, the, the candidates, all of it is lining yeah. up for us. 
everyone needs to needs to maintain their discipline and their focus here, their hustle. Not, we can take nothing for granted, no complacency. Yeah. But Steve, I'm getting yeah. really, really excited about what we're about to do. I, I, I am too, because we told you two weeks from, uh, you're basically ha- going to have a see a break in the two to three week mark. Um, you're seeing it now. It's massive. Um, the, uh, Dave Wasserman at, uh, at the Cook Political Wasserman's the guy that focuses on the House races, put Sean Patrick Maloney, the head of the DNCC, the dude that was in Paris raising money right. uh, from, uh, from I don't know, they're supposed to be American citizen expats. I'm sure there's no foreign nationals in that crowd. Um, he's raising money. He's now in a toss-up in a seat that's been, been um, totally locked up. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're broadening out to talk about the third eye. So today we've got the three eyes. We have Todd Benzman on at the bottom of the hour with Cortez talking about at 11 p.m. on Friday, they dumped the worst numbers ever in the history of uh, border crossings, the immigration part, the invasion of the southern border. That's Article 1 in Biden's impeachment. So Benzman is going to join Cortez and myself. In the B block, Steve and I are going to talk capital markets and come back to that after um, after. Uh, uh, Benzman. That's going to be the inflation part. But there's an unspoken. We've got three people. I'm going to have do it. Cortez, first off, you go through. I've got Natalie Winters. And big, we're going to announce some big news on Natalie, who is now officially graduated from the University of Chicago. We also have a, a, a Air Force fighter pilot. We're going to talk about uh, injections, too. Steve, the three eyes. It's immigration, inflation, and we're adding today injections because of CDC last week. Right. And this is the one nobody's talking about. But I noticed one thing you don't see. You don't see any Democratic ads. All that source money, you don't see any Democratic ads out there about how great it is. Steve Cortez, take it away. So listen, what the CDC did, uh, the totally corrupt and almost always wrong CDC, which has totally lost the confidence of the American public, is it added vaccinations, COVID vaccinations for children as young as six-month-old babies to its regular schedule of long-established vaccines, which we know from decades and decades of use and research work incredibly well and safely. Instead, without proper testing, without proper vetting, it added these experimental treatments to the regular schedule. Now, when those of us on the right uh, erupted with alarm at this, the so-called fact checkers in the corporate media said, wait a second, the CDC cannot order injections itself or cannot order vaccinations as required. And that is correct. However, here's the rub, Steve. Democrat politicians and particularly pro-mandate, pro-lockdown Democrat governors across America, we know very well that they are going to take uh, as a rote directive whatever Fauci and the CDC say, and they're going to use that CDC directive and that approval as cover to force vaccinations upon every single child in their jurisdiction, in their states. And so I'm talking specifically about vulnerable Democrat governors, people like Pritzker in Illinois, Hochul in New York, um, and there are others, Whitmer in Michigan. I just wrote an article and put it up at Real Clear Politics this morning that the compulsory child vax issue is now on the ballot. And here's why this is so important, Steve. Of course, it's important for our country because it's, it's insane and illogical to try to force these vaccines upon children and even babies. We know that American parents, American mothers have already rejected these vaccines for kids. The statistics tell the tale. Uh, you know, the numbers don't lie. And according to Kaiser Family Foundation, for babies age six months and through toddlers age five, only 3% of them have received the injection. That is it. Only 3% have decided to immunize wow. with this COVID vaccine their babies and toddlers. 
And even for school-age children, age 5 through 11, it's only 30%. So, Steve, overwhelmingly, American parents, American moms have said, no, we're going to take a pass. We don't need this new big pharma injection to be put into the bodies of our children who are largely invulnerable to the virus anyway. So they have rejected it. But the CDC right, got right in the face of parents and said, no, it is going to be part of the schedule. And here's the, here's the thing, to connect it back to the politics. Believe me, governors like Pritzker and Hochul and Whitmer, and there are others, Shapiro, if he were to get elected in Pennsylvania, those governors are going to use the CDC as cover to force your children or your grandchildren to get this big pharma Fauci injection that they may not want and that they certainly do not need. And, and politically, Steve, in terms of broadening the coalition, guess what? A lot of moms who may not agree with us on everything, may not call themselves America first or conservative or nationalist, a lot of moms out there yeah. are going to break our way because they are not yeah. going to let these Democrats this, and big pharma th- inject their th- children. Th- this this is the this is the youngkin. This is the hundred percent MAGA turnout, and you get these uh, you get these suburban moms who are not uh, Donald, you know, still orange man bad. It doesn't matter for this. Hey, whatever you are, you are. Um, this Steve, do you agree with me? As we go through and monitor the nation, you don't see them taking out any ads on Fauci. You don't see them taking any ads out about how they uh, beat uh, COVID-19. You never see any ads at all about, right. I'm talking political ads, about about this topic. Is that not a big tale, sir? Of, of course it is, right? Uh, look, the, the leftists in this country, they're malicious and wrong, but they're not dumb, Steve, okay? They're sophisticated. They, they, they understand what we're talking about right here. And I think they know what a quandary they've been put in by this CDC decision. And listen, in these closing days, again, we have an issue set that is that is broad, and we have a lot to talk about between the three eyes, between inflation, immigration, and now injections for children. But I believe this third eye is going to be the most consequential. And in some of these races that are tough, that are in blue jurisdictions, this is going to be the force, the shift, that's going to allow us to win in places where we haven't won in years. Places like the governorship in Oregon, in Illinois, in New York. It's going to, I think, put Mastriano over the top in Pennsylvania. And let me say this too, Steve, it's not just for state races. I think that's where it's most relevant. But even for federal races, I encourage every federal campaign, everyone running for Congress and Senate, out there to make sure that they pledge that they, for for example, are going to fully investigate and reform the CDC because the CDC is absolutely out of control. It has yeah. lost the trust of the American no. people. That's not my opinion. I put the, the polling stats in the article. People no longer I, believe in public health yeah. authority. We have to change. No, no, that. I can tell. I can tell. I can tell you from L. Todd Woods. They got a paper up there in Connecticut and John Fredericks, who's now in Vermont, on the bus. In Connecticut, those two seats, the two the House seats are in play. It's because the moms in these Connecticut suburbs are revolting against this. And these are not uh, MAGA moms, right? They're now revolting against this. This is the shift you're seeing in Rhode Island, too. This is you seeing Connecticut, too, Connecticut, five. This is the unspoken uh, issue. Uh, Steve, hang right there. I'm going to come right back to you. Let's bring in Natalie Winters. By the way, big news we just put out this morning. Natalie is going to join us. She's going to replace Liz Harrington. We have not had an executive editor I don't know if you noticed that. We have not had an executive editor. It's been a little shaggy since Liz Harrington left. Liz Harrington left to go work for President Trump as head of strategic communications, gosh, about a year ago, year and a half ago. Uh, And uh, we haven't had an executive editor announcing today that Natalie Winters, freshly minted from the University of Chicago, is the executive editor and going to be the co-host of uh, of War Room. We're also going to announce some other co-host to help us out. But she's taking on a big responsibility. She joins us today. 
uh, an amazing investigative reporter. We're going to hopefully broaden her out so she does more than just the deep drill downs she's famous for. Natalie, walk us through this issue, particularly children, the testing, the vax, all of it. Uh, You've been particularly on this and incensed by what's happening. Walk us through your reporting today. Sure. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. But I have a bold prediction, and that is that the Fauci family is going to have a very, very busy 2023 testifying in front of Congress. Not only will you have Anthony Fauci testifying for setting taxpayer dollars to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, his daughter who works at Twitter working for big tech and all the way they've suppressed conservatives, but also I think Anthony Fauci's wife, who heads the clinical center up at the National Institutes of Health, specifically running their bioethics program, really has been a leading voice in calling for COVID-19 vaccine trials for, wait for it, children. She actually authored a paper last year titled Enrolling Minors in COVID-19 Vaccine Trials, where they go on to explain how it's imperative that children, not, not, not adults, but children, um, are subjected to COVID-19 vaccine trials before they've actually established any form of safety or efficacy in adults. That's right. They want to put children on the front line before they do adults. So it's really interesting that you see Anthony Fauci's wife playing a leading role um, and really kind of serving as the scientific footnote, the evidence that the CDC and all these other, you know, big pharma funded organizations have been using to push COVID-19 vaccines on children. And just remember, it's the same exact establishment that will defend your right to kill your child up until the second before birth that is now telling us that we should be vaccinating children with these experimental RNA drug treatment therapies that we know have caused myocarditis, um, issues with hormones in women, and of course, reproductive, reproductive issues in men. So really some mixed messaging coming from the medical establishment here. And of course, as always, conflicts of interest, including the Fauci family and Big Pharma. By the way, we're going to be drilling down this big time. Real quickly, Natalie, we got about 30 seconds, so we're going to go to break. What is the obsession with CDC and Big Pharma about the obsession of injecting children, ma'am? I don't know. I think it's all about power. Um, I think when it comes down to it, there's no science. So they rely on people, these partisan and, and really Big Pharma funded actors like Anthony Fauci and his wife to come up with the science. They say trust the experts, but in reality, these experts are people who are just power hungry. They don't care about your kids. Um, And that's why they want to, you know, inject the arms of as many children as they can. Okay, Natalie Winters, uh, Steve Cortez are going to join us after the break. Looks like the the FTSE is at the China, uh, the China uh, FTSE is down 8% right now. Uh, another uh, very choppy, choppy day in global capital markets. We're going to bring Natalie back. Steve Cortez got a special guest, an Air Force fighter pilot, about his journey on vaccines next in the war room. You know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, end quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy 
by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898, and get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, we'll get to this later, but the Daily Mail, the largest paper in the world and the largest website in the world, uh, lead story is something that we put up last night, and I want to thank our team. They had an interview they put out last night about 10 o'clock with Joe Biden in the White House. And I want you from the East Room of the White House. I'll get to it later in the second thing, but it's the lead story in the Daily Mail. We're going to put it up on Getter and everywhere. I want everybody to go check it out right now. I, I can't even, you can't describe it. You have to see it. With all these crises going on, that Joe Biden would do this in the East Room of the White House and take time away to do this is I just let people weigh and measure it yourself, particularly when you go to the polls where he's spending his time and, and the issues that he is thinking is the top tier issues that a commander in chief and president of the United States and chief magistrate of this nation uh, should be dealing with. The Daily Mail, I think, agrees with us. It deserves to be uh, watched, viewed and uh, thought about by the citizens of this country. Uh, Cortez, to Natalie's report now, they're obsessed with the... Te- what is the obsession? Because they're obsessed with vaccinating the, uh, the, the, the small children in this nation, sir? Right. Well, and I would say the left is generally obsessed with abusing children, Steve, whether it's sexualizing them, uh, <clears throat> having them attend totally inappropriate drag queen story hour, whether it's indoctrinating them in schools with leftist garbage, including highly sexualized content that's totally inappropriate for young children, or forcing them to be injected with a vaccine that they do not need for a virus which is not overwhelmingly harmful to them, okay? So what's the agenda here then? Because none of it makes sense from a logical standpoint. The agenda, I believe, Steve, is to subvert the power of parents, is to try to weaken the family because the left knows that the family is the foundational building block of society. And when we have strong, vibrant families, the statists and the leftists can never succeed. So they are following here the playbook of the communists, the playbook of the woke communists, of the nihilists, and they are attacking the family. And at every single turn, they are trying to subvert parental authority. In this case, though, when it comes to the vax, is where I think they have probably gone too far, even for moderates, even for political folks uh, who don't agree with us or for people who aren't particularly political. I really believe that the CDC just awakened a sleeping giant, and that is the mothers of America who have already, again, they have voted with their decision, right? They have already overwhelmingly rejected these injections for their children. Only 3% have just chosen to to get them for babies and toddlers. Only 30% have gotten them for elementary school-aged children. They do not want these injections, and yet the CDC, in cahoots with tyrannical Democrat politicians, 
like Pritzker and Hochul and Shapiro, if he were to get elected in Pennsylvania and Whitmer in, in Michigan, they will try to subvert parental authority and force children, of, you know, extend this general trend of abusing children and force children to get an injection that they may not want and that they certainly do not need. In April and May of 2021, when I said, hey, the moms uh, are going to stand up here and they're the key that's going to pick the lock on this on this um, revolt against Biden. Remember, and Biden was still riding high at the time was because Fauci had come out in that Associated Press interview. The buried lead was how they wanted to get to the high school, middle school students by the fall. And, quote, he said the children were going to have for the children by Christmas. This is 2021. I said, no, I said the mask in, in, in this vaccine mandate is going to, you're going to see a revolt of these mothers. They're just not going to do this, not given the information. And Natalie just showed you on her investigation of where they stand and actually trying to test this. Um, so let's put a pin in it. We're going to come back. This is a massive issue. It's the third eye, as Steve Cortez has been so brain to talk about the first two eyes, which were inflation and immigration. Now we add the third eye uh, injection. I want to bring for a second uh, John Bose. He's a lieutenant in the United States Air Force, an F-16 student uh, pilot, uh, uh, John, and you're hearing your personal capacity and you're going to tell your personal story. This is not Air Force policy or anything to do with the, the, the chain of command. Walk me through about, uh, we got children on one hand, but talk me, talk me about the mandatory issues with members of the military, particularly pilots. Well, thank you for having me on, Steve, and, and you're correct. My thoughts and opinions are my own, and I don't represent the Department of Defense or the United States Air Force. Uh, but the, the issue is severe now, especially for our national security. And I think that's the one thing about these vaccine mandates that so many in politics and media aren't talking about, which is the fact that these mandates are going to harm our national security. Uh, for my personal story, you know, I'm a fourth generation Air Force officer. Both my parents were pilots in the Air Force. And I spent my entire life fighting to uh, become a fighter pilot. And I got there. But then I had to give it up because... I requested just a religious accommodation. They grounded me just for asking for an accommodation, not even refusing the vaccine. Uh, that's the case for a lot of pilots in, in the military. And so uh, as of right now, I'm tracking about uh, 800 or so unvaccinated military pilots across the entire DOD, uh, and then another 80,000 unvaccinated service members across the entire DOD. And in these tumultuous times that we're facing right now with tensions rising in Russia, China, Ukraine, we have the 101st Airborne in Romania. Um, this is not a time we can afford to lose a single service member, let alone 80,000. Uh, and these pilots that are being grounded and are, are threatened to be kicked out, uh, they're, they're highly experienced pilots. They're not like me as a junior officer. Most of these service members are an average of 14 years of service. Uh, these are experienced aviators. I just want to make sure we got the, uh, the, the story right here. You were grounded just when you went and before you said you refused to take it uh, for religious grounds, just when you went to, to put in the paper, to put the uh, uh, the accommodation for uh, for religious exemption, that alone, that fact alone, they grounded you? Yes, that's correct. And they grounded pretty much every student pilot that did that in the Air Force, at least. Uh, and so that it ended up being quite a few pilots. And uh, that, that's an issue. These grounded pilots are an issue. And it, I'll give a good example. Vance Air Force Base, one of our major pilot training bases, we had 14 pilots, instructor pilots, who are grounded right now at that base and can't further the mission. And that's at a time when we are in a serious pilot shortage right now. In, in 2017, the chief of staff of the Air Force said that a shortage of 1,500 pilots was a crisis, and we've grown that, that crisis to 1,650 pilots. So why on earth are we grounding perfectly capable unvaccinated pilots 
who still have to show up at work every day, who still have close contact with their peers. At this point, it's hard to say it's about health and safety, and it's hard to say it makes any sense. John, how do people find out more about your story? Do you have a Facebook page or some way to find out more about this and more about the other pilots? Because this is something uh, that is not getting out there that the American people, the taxpayers, uh, know about. So how do people find out more about this? Absolutely. So I'm on Twitter and Truth Social at John A. Bose 3 And are you putting up the information about this? Because this is kind of, uh, you know, I, when I talk to people about this story, they don't know anything about it. Is, is that where the information is, is up on Twitter and Truth Social? Absolutely. I'll be sharing things like national security reports, vaccine injury reports, which are a big deal, um, and, and other information uh, and deep insider information on what exactly is happening to these thousands of service members in the DOD who are unvaccinated and still facing coercion. Uh, Lieutenant Bose, uh, thank you. But real quickly, you say fourth generation. Walk through your, your your mom and dad, your grandfather. Just give us give us your lineage and the dedication service to country, sir. Sure thing. So, uh, my great grandfather was an army officer. Uh, my grandfather was an Air Force missile officer. And this is all on my mother's side. My mother was an instructor pilot in the United States Air Force, and my father was a fighter pilot in the United States Air Force. You went to the academy? I did, yes, sir. Did your mom go to the academy? She did. Thank you, uh, Lieutenant Bose. Uh, we look forward to going and getting into your Twitter feed and having you back on here in a personal capacity. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much, Steve. God bless. Uh, Steve Cortez. They come after the best, don't they? By the way, yeah, your, your statistic sure of the 30%, I want you to comment on this, but your statistic of the 30%, I'll bet you almost 100% of that or 90% of that or 95% of that was because they were in some situation that it was essentially forced no. as mandate. The kids Correct. couldn't. This is, the, Correct. Th this is when left. Talk to me and, about. And by the way, uh, yeah, Steve. Yes, sir. This, this is important, too, you know, that we not stand in judgment of people who were forced through circumstances who were compelled to do this. As a matter of fact, right. I want to advocate most for those people, right, uh, who were put in terrible, untenable positions. And to, what the lieutenant said there is very important, again, to connect it back to these elections. I've gotten some early pushback on my article from people saying, hey, you don't know that Pritzker and Hochul and Whitmer are going to do this. And I respond, yes, I do. If these leftists <laughs> are willing to kick a hero out of the military, right, if they're willing to kick yes. a warrior who puts his life on the line for the United States, if they're willing to kick him out of the military, you don't think for one second that they're willing to force a child to get this vaccine when they already took school away from the children, when they already took sports away from the children. If anything, they're more apt to go after children. Again, as we talked about Big previously, time. the left wants yeah. to target children. It is actually a primary goal. It's not ancillary to them. So they are going to do this. And, and by the way, too, these same people that I just mentioned, these same mayors and governors uh, who are up for reelection, they have already fired thousands upon thousands of police officers, yes. of firefighters, of teachers for not getting the vax. Of course, the best they are of the best. cruel and unscientific the, enough to go after children. Uh, by the way, this shows you how they know how radioactive it is. That's where they're jumping. But well, you don't know that, right? Because they know right. how radioactive this is. I want to go back to Lieutenant Bose and, and, the, and the cops in New York and all that. They're going after the best of the best for right. generations because the military is essentially made up of people that have served and, and, and families that have served. And, and I'm not talking careers. I'm talking about the, 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 the base of it is the people that come in for the four to eight years. Right. The, uh, but the, 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 they're coming after the people that have families that have a record of service. Right. And if they decide to stand up to them, they're going to break you. Right. Yeah. Even, even somebody like a, as a top gun pilot or a potential top gun pilot, uh, and Cortez, 
Go ahead, sir. Hit me. And Steve, listen, I think every American, unfortunately, should feel a lot less safe knowing what we just heard from the lieutenant, right? Knowing that our most capable warriors are being sidelined. It's an incredibly precarious time in the world right now regarding national security. I would argue probably the most dangerous uh, setup since perhaps the Cuban Missile Crisis for the United States. And yet, what is our military focused on? It's focused on a purge of people who chose for valid reasons to not get a shot? Insanity. Okay, okay we have two more eyes to go in this hour. Inflation and capital markets in the economy and immigration. Stick around. The war room is about to get you up to speed on the math and the facts. You make the decisions next in the war room. things I want to talk to you about specifically is this conversation that I just had about inflation. Um, I, I do not want to belittle anybody's experience with inflation. We are all feeling it. Uh, we, we are feeling it in our daily lives. It is real, but it has been transformed into something that Republicans, in particular running for Congress, are blaming Joe Biden and Democrats for specifically when, in fact, there is no economic evidence uh, or mathematical evidence or any other kind of evidence that that's actually true. Okay, he he puts himself up as an economics guy. He doesn't he doesn't know the difference between preferred stock and livestock. Okay, this guy is a clown. Um, always been a clown, and uh, we love pulling this stuff because so over the top. St Steve Cortez, their, their new mantra, by the way, everybody understands the pivot. It's the world's got inflation. It's all Putin. Right. It's the world's inflation. In fact, we're the best. They had a he later does a chart. We're actually the best performing. Uh, utter total nonsense, Steve Cortez. Right. Yes, 100%. First of all, regarding Ali Belshi, the, the messenger there, I guess somebody in his New York newsroom told him, hey, if you're going out to the hinterlands, I think he was in Detroit there, you're going to the middle of America, put on a sort of cowboy looking hat. That'll make you, you know, connect with the people. Uh, and later in that clip, he had the gall to say, he said, I think the exact quote was, he said, I'm, I'm an economics guy, or I'm a finance guy, which caused me to look up his bio. I said, huh, is he? Okay, looked back. He got his degree up in Canada. He got his degree in religious studies. He then went to work for a Democrat, Democrat congressman in Washington, D.C., and he then went to media uh, and has worked in media ever since. And yes, at CNN, he had a business show. But the idea that he's an economics guy, he has never worked. He's never worked in banking. He's never worked in finance. He doesn't have an economics degree. Okay, it's an absurdity. Religi re re religious studies is always a good background for finance and economics. Always a right. great background. Yeah, exactly. Um, so no, listen, he's a he's a clown of a messenger and trying to deliver a message that just can't resonate. Because here's the thing, you you can maybe successfully spin people on certain issues, right? You might be able to fool people through consistent corporate media narrative and propaganda. But when it comes to inflation, when it comes to the actual pocketbooks to the bank accounts of people, they are they are unspinnable because they know the reality of them cringing when they put the credit card in to the machine at the gas pump. They know the reality of having to make really hard choices that they have never made before, or they at least haven't made in many decades, about whether or not they buy new shoes for their child, or whether or not they can afford the plane ticket with airline inflation at an all-time high. Can they afford the plane ticket to go and visit their elderly parents? These are the kinds of kinship table, tangible realities that Americans are grappling with right now. And at the same time, normally, Steve, when you do have hot inflation, it's because you have a hot economy, okay? So there's some give and take there. 
There's no give and take now. Americans are taking it with both barrels. Why? Because we have incredibly hot historic inflation. At the same time, we have an economy that is absolutely crashing into the ditch. And not my opinion. That's what the numbers tell us, including some new numbers out today that I think we'll talk about. Yeah. By the way, I want to talk about the also the, the global capital markets aspect of it. Obviously, she and we'll cover a lot of this over the next couple of days uh, was named emperor over the weekend. Absolutely brutal takedown of the previous faction or regime uh, it, on national T on global television, which was absolutely brutal. He also we kind of agreed that he took Hong Kong. Right. So the Czechoslovakia. Right. That's why I said when you said Cuban Missile Crisis, I realized right now with the with Petraea saying the 82nd Airborne has been forward deployed or elements of the 82nd Airborne have been forward deployed to Romania. And Petraeus is on these talk shows saying, yeah, this won't be a NATO because no Article 5 here. But what we're going to do is have a multilateral force led by the United States to go into Ukraine. They're, they're thinking inside the Pentagon and the National Security Council right now of combat troops, of not just advisors, right. but combat troops into Ukraine. You've got uh, you've got the situation, by the way, Sunak just named he's going to be named uh, prime minister of uh, of the United Kingdom. Boris Johnson's uh, ridiculous overplay of this thing didn't go anywhere. Capital markets are making decisions there. You got a sovereign debt crisis. Capital markets are going to start making decisions here on right. uh, on on the Biden regime. Uh, so give us your assessment. Right now, it's a world on fire, and I think Steve, as bad as the Cuban Missile Crisis was, particularly about nuclear weapons in the post World War II modern age, I think we're like I think we're like in 1937, 38. This is the dark valley. Right. And we're hurtling towards something that's going to spin out of control because of the escalatory nature of the illegitimate regime that is in uh, in the White House right now, Steve Cortez. Yes, listen, I, I think you're exactly correct. Uh, it is, in fact, you know, I said it was at least as dangerous as Cuban Missile. I think you're probably right that it's, it's, it's in fact, more dangerous right now uh, because what you have right now uh, are on both flanks of the United States. To the Atlantic side, right, we have needlessly escalated what should be a regional conflict that's pretty immaterial to the United States. But we have decided, along with NATO, along with Brussels and Davos, to escalate that regional conflict into a global conflagration, one that has dire economic fallout. And then at the same time, on the other flank of the United States, and we're increasingly a Pacific nation, uh, we have China incredibly unstable. Unstable, obviously, politically, as we saw over the weekend, and also unstable, the capital markets are reflecting this, unstable economically. Right now, as we speak, Steve, FXI, which is the ticker for the American traded version of the Chinese stock market. It's an ETF, an exchange traded fund that groups all the big Chinese and Hong Kong stocks together in one basket. OK, FXI is down 11 percent for the day right now this morning. Hong Kong shares overnight were down 6 percent. So we have global capital markets which are reflecting the tumult in the geopolitical and geostrategic realm. This is a world that is as volatile. I think you're right. It's as volatile as it has been in almost 100 years. And at that same time, all right, amidst this volatility, amidst all of these dangers that we face at home and abroad, these created crises of Joe Biden, you know, who is at the helm? Uh, it is a feckless, doddering fool who believes that he should be catering to transgenders, that that's the issue that he should be focused on right now. It's, it's Steve, it reminded me, watching that interview of, of, of Joe Biden last night, and I did watch it. It reminded me of the Hunger Games. And what I mean by that is it, our, our Washington, D.C. cabal, it acts far too much like the Capitol in the Hunger Games. It is full of decadence um, and a bunch of disconnected dilettantes who have no idea what we in the districts are dealing with. But they also have no idea, Steve, what is building, that the political revolt has already started and that it's gaining steam. 
um, and that their days are numbered. So things are incredibly dangerous and we need to be aware of that. At the same time, Steve, I think there's valid reason to be really hopeful that we are just days away from changing the, the trajectory, both in terms of foreign policy that we're going to return to realism and restraint and regarding economic policy that we're going to start the process of fixing this inflationary mess that has been caused by Biden and the Democrats. Before we're going to go to your charts right now, some economics, but I want to just back this up at that. You know, Axios is the Mike Allen tip sheet for uh, for Insider DC. It's a it's the power place that people go to get what's really the story, and every story they put up has a has a has a narrative backup to it. On my situation on Friday, what they put up over the weekend was how we were talking about impeaching Ray and uh, and Garland. And that was pretty shocking that Axios put that up as the main takeaway from Friday, my throwdown on, on those guys, which I've been doing it for a while. And I put it up on Getter. Uh, on the 8th of November, when we destroyed the Democratic Party as a national political institution and really end the regime, the hunted become the hunters. Yes. The hunted become the hunters. So, uh, and, and you, you heard Natalie at the top, the whole Fauci family is going to be welcome to the investigations, the entire fam family. Remember, War Room was taken off Twitter because of comments I made about, wait for it, Christopher Ray and Anthony Fauci, that their day was coming. They took us down. They took the War Room account. I've never been on Twitter. They took the War Room account on Twitter. Paybacks across the board and all that, big moves on big tech. Uh, there are going to be big moves against all this malfeasance has been going on in this apparatus. Steve, walk us through. You've done some analysis over sure. the weekend. Walk us through uh, our current situation, sir. Yeah. So listen, let's talk about how bad things are. Uh, and first of all, let's talk about the news that was breaking just as, as we came to show today uh, to air. The, the PMI report came out, the Purchasing Managers Index. So this is literally a survey of the people who do the purchasing for business, for factories, for software firms, both on the manufacturing and the services side. So it's an incredibly valuable forward-looking indicator. It's also one of the few indices that is done around the world at base in basically the same methodology. So I don't have a chart on this one yet. I do have a couple charts to show, but I did I couldn't get a chart on this because it literally came out as we were coming to air. But manufacturing PMI for the United States, unfortunately, is now below 50. This is a diffusion index. So above 50 means expansion. Below 50 means contraction. Other than the spring of 2020 lockdowns, Steve, it has not been below 50 in the last decade. It came in at 49.9. Expectations were 51.8. Manufacturing PMI in the United States, the Biden recession intensifies. So that's the newest news. But let's look at some more big picture news. And if we can go to chart one, I wanna talk about personal savings because there is an absolute collapse in personal savings in this country. Now that is personal savings in dollar terms. And that chart goes back five years. If we look at personal savings in dollar terms, you can see that during the lockdowns, there was a very unnatural spike in savings because it was frankly difficult for people to spend money as they were locked at their homes. You know, other than a few items, things like Netflix, they simply couldn't spend much and didn't spend much. So that's a very unnatural rise. But what I really want you to pay attention to is the upward slope before then where savings were rising materially under Donald Trump because of the prosperity that he created during the Trump boom. And then what has happened since? So in other words, if you sort of take out the very unnatural leap in savings and look at the pre-pandemic trajectory and then look at what's happening right now, the unfortunate reality is, according to Fed data, at the peak there, there were $4.8 trillion in savings in the United States. We are all the way down to $628 billion. From $4.8 trillion 
to 628 billion, okay? So roughly 10% of, of where we were at the highs. And to, to put that in comparison, pre-pandemic, so again, let's take out the unnatural part. Pre-pandemic, we were at 1.4 trillion. So we had less than half of the savings that we had before the pandemic started, okay? That is the reality. Let's also look at the savings rate. If we can go to chart number two, this isn't in dollar terms, but this is the savings rate. And that chart goes back 10 years. We are on a savings rate, Steve. We are all the way down now to only three and a half percent. If you look back historically, uh, the savings rate in the United States has almost always been above 5%, almost always. Much of American history, it's been above 10%. We are now all the way down to three and a half percent. And here's the reality, Steve. What that chart shows you, okay, numerically, price doesn't lie, data doesn't lie when it's done correctly. What that chart shows you is that there is no wiggle room for American citizens right now. American workers have been utterly crushed. They have depleted their savings. And for working and lower income folks, where have they gone? They've gone to credit card borrowing to try to finance, to deal with this Biden inflation explosion. This is an economy, Steve, forget about arguing whether or not we're in recession. This is an economy that is on the edge of depression, okay? That is the reality right now in America. That is, those, these are the consequences of the leftist policies of Joe Biden attacking American energy, exorbitant borrowing and spending, and then a needless escalation of the war in Ukraine. Those three factors put together have created an inflation explosion in the United States. And by the way, yes, in the rest of the world. But guess what, Steve? Biden's not off the hook for that inflation either, because a lot of that is derived from Ukraine, which again, he needlessly instigated and escalated. So uh, the charts show us, unfortunately, the data we got out today, the more macro data about savings show us that the American consumer is in a terrible spot. I used to say that we were gonna have the worst economy since the 1970s, Steve, I no longer say that. This is far worse than the 70s. It's worse than 08, 09. This is the worst economy since the Great Depression. But I wanna encourage people out there, it's time to take action. Okay, we can start fixing this. It won't be easy, but we can. And I also want to warn people, if we don't, we are one or two policy mistakes away from grace yeah. of wrath era. That's the reality. Yeah. No, it's 100%. You saw in the UK, the, the capital market responded immediately when they almost blew up their pension funds unknowingly. This is the problem we're in right now. You're one or two policy moves away from going from managed decline to actually we're, we're beginning the free fall and all this happy talk they come out with the strength of the consumer they don't look at second or third order the massive rise of credit card debt that's now going to explode because of interest rates uh i mean the, the difficulty in, in paying it off uh and also the the complete drop in uh in savings basically the cash cushion okay short commercial break cortez will be with us todd benzman we're going to get to the uh to the uh, third eye i guess the old number two eye Immigration at 11 o'clock at night on Friday, they dumped the worst numbers in the history of this country. Next. Americans are discovering that if we want to change this nation, we have to change the way the marketplace works. Look, woke corporations are seeking to divide us. Big banks are freeing the, freezing the accounts of people who disagree with their political views. And our supply chain is dependent upon countries that actively work against our values, like the Chinese Communist Party. It's time for a change, and that change starts with you and your wallet. That's why I'm proud to partner with Public SQ, the largest network of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses and consumers our nation has ever seen. Public SQ is the first app to connect freedom-loving Americans with their local community and the businesses that share their values. 
Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that can never cancel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. And here's the best part of it. It's absolutely free to join. Just download the Public SQ app from the Apple Store or Google Play. Create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can support you. Download the app today. Public SQ. That's Public SQ. Public SQ. Go to the Apple App Store or Google Play. Take action. Do this today. Better has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Patriots, let's talk renters and politics because renters are bearing the brunt of Joe Biden's created inflation crisis. Now, demographically, they are statistically younger and more working class. And as such, key components of the emerging America First movement of patriotic populism. Now, historically, they haven't voted at nearly the rate that homeowners do. But I believe that's about to change because of this intense economic pain. And let's get to that reality in a chalk talk that is brought to you by Getter. Median apartment rent in America just crossed $2,000 per month for the first time ever. In a recent survey from Morning Consult, two-thirds of American renters report that their rent, their monthly payment, has gone up in the last year. And consequently, one out of six renters say they're delinquent right now, one out of five minority renters. Regarding the politics too, the situation is even worse in key swing states like Nevada and Arizona, where those major metro areas show 34% rent increases year over year. Patriots, we can stop this madness starting on November 8th. For minority Hispanic and African Americans, when when what twenty percent are, are are behind, th- this is when you throw these bums out. St- yeah. st- one six and one fifth. These are these are are unbelievable numbers, yeah. Cortez. What this is All like? Right. This, I talk, you you have a managed decline. This is where the free fall starts. You add right. this to repos. You add this to late on credit cards. Mm-hmm. Pete, the working class in this country, the underclass, is barely hanging on by a right. thread. And the people that they still want that want them to vote for them are crushing them economically. Steve Cortez, correct. correct. And and there's an awakening among those very people. So I think this is a key component. As terrible as the news is, this is a key component of continuing to broaden our coalition. Groups that formerly either weren't political or if they were, they aligned with the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is crushing them crushing their prosperity. When you have one in six renters in America who are delinquent right now, when we are facing what Bloomberg described as a, quote, tsunami of shutoffs when it comes to utilities, when you turn off the power, when you repo the car, when you get an eviction notice, Steve, we're not just talking about bad times economically. It certainly is that. It could be more than that. We could actually devolve into social instability in this country. That is the reality. So, you know, again, forget about this ridiculous talk about debating whether or not we're in a recession. When one in five minorities is behind on their rent right now in this country, we are in a deep recession, teetering on a depression. Okay, that is the economic reality people are facing right now. But I believe, again, that it's going to be the motivating motivating force to compel them to get to the polls and to start 
fixing this madness. We can't fix it. And again, on the international front, you know, I mentioned previously that uh, China is really flailing as far as capital markets today. And it certainly is right now. FXI, which is the ticker for the most liquid U.S. traded version of, of the country of China. It is down 11 percent right now. Taiwan Semiconductor, which we've talked about before on the show, in some ways, I think TSM is the most important company in the world. It is down over 5% right now. But uh, lest anybody yeah. think that, oh, we're immune to that. That's China's problem or it's just, just tech's problem. The retail sector of American retailers, the XRT, down a percent on the day right now. And perhaps yeah. the worst news of all that I can mention capital markets-wise, Steve, is given that volatility, normally what you would see is money pouring into bonds and bond prices go up and then bond yields go down. Instead, the opposite is happening today. 10-year Treasury yield right now as we speak, 4.26, remains at decade-plus highs on Treasury yield. So investors getting crushed, getting crushed on their bonds, crushed on their stocks. But even more importantly than that, Main Street getting crushed. Renters simply cannot afford these rent increases, and they're going to properly blame Joe Biden. By the way, let me give you some geostrategic advice, uh, Nash, Jake Sullivan. Why don't you deploy, take him out of Romania, and let's deploy the 101st Airborne to, wait for it, Taiwan. How about that? Let's let's do that to make sure we can we can uh, keep the chips. Uh, I, I tell you what, Steve, one of the reasons the working class and the working poor are getting crushed is they're flooding the zone with illegal alien labor. Let's bring in Todd Benzman. Todd, what, 11 p.m. on Friday night. They dumped the worst set of numbers, I think, in American history. Why did they wait till 11 p.m., sir? Oh, man, that's just classic uh, spin control. Uh, that goes way back to, hey, let's uh, issue uh, some bad news on a day when all the reporters are home. Uh, but look, I mean, nowadays it's 24-hour cycle, and here we are on Monday, fresh. We'll be talking about this all week long. Uh, we're looking at about... A, a, a brand new record. Every month is a brand new record. Uh, uh, 2.378 million for the fiscal year. That's 500,000 more than the last fiscal year, the first year of the Biden administration, which broke a, a new national record at that time of 1.7 million. It used to be that 500,000 or much less was like the typical annual number which, which is high. I mean, you know, nobody, but now we're looking at, boy, we wish we could return to the good old days of a half a million a year. Uh, listen, these numbers are absolutely uh, historic in nature. I say this all the time beyond the U.S. experience. In addition to those encounters, those apprehensions uh, at the border, we have one million more gotaways uh, and then beyond that, we have an estimated million more unknown gotaways, presumed gotaways. I mean, this thing is just fantastical what's happening. And yet the administration went on all the Sunday morning news shows saying the border was secure. I mean, we are just like in weird upside down times. Orwellian, absolutely Orwellian. No, no, no. They'll look you in the eye. It's deeper. They'll look you right in the eye and lie to you. They'll look you right in the eye and lie to you. Just give me the – if you aggregate that, the Cortez, I just need you for a few minutes on the other side. Now you got to bounce, yeah. but I, I just got to ask you. I got to get your thoughts. But, Bensman, just do some simple math for me. If you aggregate all that up, the gotaways in both years, we're like your number that you told us. Aren't we like close to 8 million? Isn't 8 million when you add it all up? Well, we, we know that the, that the administration just through June of this year 
let 1.4 million in on parole, uh, then you add another million to that of gotaways, so you're at 2.5 million, and then probably another million uh, unknown gotaways, because those are always uh, a low number. Uh, and that's that's just who are inside the country. Uh, we are now... Okay, hang on, short, hang on, short break. Let's take a short commercial break. 90 seconds, we're back. We're absolutely jam-packed in the second hour, not just about get out the vote, but what you're going to do to secure your vote so they can't steal it. Not that they would ever think of that, of course. Short break. Back in the room in a moment. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. 